welcome to the Retro Blood. Can you believe this? It's Christmas Eve, and we got orders to bring in Santa Claus. Cindy, if uh, you don't go back to bed, Santa won't come. He's not the only one. What you might get up to? All those kitties sitting on your knee all day? I'd love to have you sitting on my knee. Christmas carolers. I hate Christmas carolers. Screeching voice, no blue sniffers. I warned you, Brad! Mommy, you shouldn't have said that. It's naive to say bad things about old people. Santa Claus will punish you. Carpet day! No! Don't! It's gonna hurt our kids. We're not even sure it's him. Not sure my ass. Look at the fur on that suit. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we celebrate our third annual reviews, talking all about 1980s holiday horror movies. This is our Christmas episode here on Christmas Eve, brother. Cheers to everybody. Happy Christmas. Happy everything. I hope you all having a, a good Christmas Eve. Hope you're all getting your presents out there doing your last day holiday shopping and I hope you're listening to the retro blood because boy we got a lot to talk about because if you all like dads who can't make uh, uh, any kind of invention and they totally suck just imagine this guy on Shark Tank he would have got booted out in the first minute if you all like girls who are in the background named Kate who was there to be the love interest but then she had a very dark story about her dad dying if you all like uh, this like random suit guy who you think is going to be the major villain and he ends up to being nothing. And of course, if you like the original Baby Yoda gizmo, then this is the review for you, brother, because the Retro Blood is talking all about gremlins. Jay Austin, James Klein, what's happening, Allison? How's your uh, Christmas Eve going? Fantastic, man. This is my favorite time of the year. I love the Christmas times. Um, I love all the snack food that I don't get to eat any other time of the year. Um, I love it being cold like it is now. Love the dark beers. Love it. Love all of it. Christmas specials, Christmas horror movies, can't get any better. So you know who's not really liking Christmas too much nowadays? Is our boy... uh, No, not me. (laughs) I ain't a fucking Grinch, even though when we do the Lights Out show tomorrow, I probably will be a fucking Grinch watching that fucking movie. But... (laughs) <laughs> but as our boy Gizmo, I mean, this guy used oh. to be th- this guy. I just I I came up with this idea driving in my car, and I was just thinking after watching this movie, I was like, you know what, this Gizmo guy used to be like the the horror or the snuggly Christmas doll. You know what I mean? He yeah, was like that's the, true. And then out of nowhere comes Disney and comes the fucking Marvel. Uh, uh, what is it? Star Wars universe brother and created Baby mm-hmm. Yoda and has taken the mantle. Away from our boy Gizmo. After all those years of the hard work that our boy Gizmo put in from the 80s until like the uh, the the early 2000 to 2020s and stuff, when whatever Baby Yoda came 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 about, it was a run. But boy, I mean, come on, does anybody ever talk about the sweet cuddly Gizmo anymore for your holiday Man, stuffers? They should. Like Baby Yoda is like the bootleg Gizmo. I mean, it's it's like you can't tell me. 
that whoever in designed Baby Yoda did not design him based on on Giz- on Gizmo. Because um, I mean, he has the same ears. His head moves the same way. He has that cute little thing that he does with his body or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm Team Gizmo all the way. You got to be, man. I mean, this guy's the original OG brother of cute, cuddly horror stuff on Christmas. I mean, come on, great stuff. But uh, this is a very interesting movie. Like, we haven't done a lot of, like, PG movies on the Retro mm-hmm. Blood. You know what I mean? We're, me, me, me and you, are we're, we're more about the raunchy shit. You know what I mean? Yep, yeah. But, like, you know, it's kind of nice. You know, it is Christmas Eve. You know what I mean? It's Christmas Eve. We got our boy Billy out here. You know what I mean? Getting a new pet for Christmas. You know what I mean? We got fucking this teacher who wanted to do some science experiments. You know what I mean? We got we got it all on here. So, but to be to be fair though, this movie is barely PG. Yeah. Um, in fact, th- this and Temple of the Doom, uh, Indian Jones and Temple of Doom, were like the two movies that caused the uh, MPAA to invent PG thirteen. Yes. Which is funny. Because this movie's not really strong enough for an R. Although I think in some cases, maybe it's close. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's definitely too strong for a PG. Um, and, and when we talk about some of the things that were cut out of this movie, like, there's no way they could have made this movie and it not be R with, if they hadn't edited it down. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's a very, it's a very interesting one, but it's a very famous uh, tale of uh, the slimy yes. little creatures that uh, the yeah. 80s was actually kind of known for. And this is probably... Wasn't this... So I know um, Steven Spielberg, right? He is the one that directed this. What's we're going to no, talk about? No, he didn't direct it. Okay. He he was one of the producers, producers on it. Producers, that's what it was, yes. But Joe Dante, Joe, Joe Dante produced it. I mean, Joe Dante directed it, and it was written by Chris Columbus before he became like a more more famous as a director okay nice but uh he used to write movies he directed mrs doubtfire and a bunch yeah. of other movies um but he he wrote this um but it has a great cast i remember seeing this movie in the theaters yeah um but i have not seen it i don't even know how long it's been um years i mean yeah. i've probably seen it 30 years or yeah, more some decades um now. Yeah, it's been decades, but I did not really remember some things. Like, I don't remember uh, Gizmo talking. I didn't know he talked until I watched it again. Yeah, towards the end and stuff, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, but, uh, yeah. we'll get all up into it, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, just like every Retro Blood in the Christmas episode is no different here. Because we're going to be celebrating every segment with some holiday cheer, brother. But just like every Retro Blood, we talk about what is happening in the world of the pro wrestling and the metal music. Uh, we do that because, you know, it's Christmas time and, you know, we, we don't we don't want to give you just one piece of coal in your stocking. We want to give you multiple pieces of coal in your stocking. All right? Oh, yeah. Multiple pieces yeah. of coal. I mean, come on now. All right? The Retro Blood's been naughty all year, brother. What do you expect? All right? <laughs> <laughs> but this movie, which um, is weird because it has like a Christmas theme to the whole movie like the whole movie takes place during christmas eve and christmas but yeah, it was released we're doing it yeah but it was released in june yes like one of the hottest but we're getting to like the winter time is <laughs> over brother in june okay like june 8th 1984 okay it is really strange right uh-huh. that they released it in june yeah because you could say that okay well they wanted to release it as a big movie for the summer 
the summer movie season, but Christmas is also a big movie. Exactly. Season. That's so I don't saying. know why this came out in June, especially considering some of the other things. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about it now or later, but like the, some of the other stuff that was released right, right around here is, is amazing. Like the, like this summer was a hell of a summer for movies. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll talk about it, you know, cause this was a big ass summer for the, for the movies. So, but yeah. let's get into the first thing because I'm getting a little parched over here, brother. All oh, right. Yeah. Our our traditional beer holiday beer reviews. Okay. And we've been doing this pretty much every episode this month. Uh me and Allison, you know, what I mean, like we we just we we're, we're like the gifts I keep on giving. You know what I mean? Not we like only, we like to give. Not only do we talk about these horror movies and give you some insight, you know what I mean? The uh, to the dialogue and the, the scenes and everything behind the scenes. You can listen to our sweet voices. We give you some knowledge when it comes to the pro wrestling metal, but we also tell you what beer to get too. I mean, we're like the total package, man. We uh-huh. are like Lex Luger. Exactly. So we've been going strong on recommending a lot of these holiday beers. Now, a lot of the beers that we've been drinking are native to North Carolina, but you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. also have those imports. You can get those imports too. But uh, the one I have, I've been meaning to try it for a while, and I even tagged you in the uh, the poster, Allison. Yeah, so, I tried to I tried to buy some of that and couldn't find it. So I oh shit, something. it was sold out. <laughs> well, well actually, yeah, it was sold out where I was. Yeah. I went to the actual high wire and picked this shit up. So mm-hmm. the one I'm going to be drinking on the podcast today, hopefully it doesn't uh, hit me too strong, because it is it is called the Strong Man. Coffee milk stout. Okay. Dark and roasty is the tagline. And which is cool about this beer, like when I bought it, they actually mm-hmm. gave you um like coffee to go along with it. Like the actual coffee bean that they used in the beer, they sell that too. And it was like a bundle package. So it was pretty cool. Really? So it was a high wire coffee bean uh, made by the coffee distributor Dynamite, I believe it is. And uh, yeah, dynamite's uh, yeah. local coffee. Yeah, local. Uh, it's 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 all the coffee I drink. Yeah, so the, yeah, it's basically the high wire collab that they mm-hmm. did. Um, I wasn't able to drink that coffee yet because I am too much of a, uh, a new age guy, and I don't have a coffee grinder because they only gave it. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I am like one of those uh, the one of those guys. You know what I mean? Those new age guys that you know just get everything made for them. You know what I mean? Um, next, I'm going to be asking yeah. about my Apple Watch. What's my Apple Watch doing? Where's yeah. my Apple Watch doing? <laughs> so, but uh, the the thing I'm worried about this beer. So I so I drink coffee all the time, but I don't put any milk in my coffee because mm-hmm. I am semi lactose. So this one is going to be interesting because it's a coffee milk stout, brother. So maybe I'll be okay if I start choking on the podcast. We're just going to blame it on the. I'll call the. Yeah, I'll call the nine one one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if we uh, if you started choking, but uh, yeah, I mean, surely you've had a milk stout before. Yes, but, I have. Yeah, it's um, been a while. Yeah, I mean, duck rabbit. But I mean, yeah, yeah. So milk stouts do have lactose in them, so we'll yeah. see how that goes. Brother, there it is. I like that sound. But yeah, oh a yeah, yeah is, is it a bottle? No, this is a can. It's one of those big ass cans. Oh. oh, I didn't hear a can pop. Oh yeah, that's dark. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fucking dark as shit. Oh my god. Holy shit! This this is like fucking dark ass coffee. That's cr- oh, f- oh fuck! I hope I don't stay up all night. <laughs> Let's see. 
I'm opening my beer too, so we can talk about that after you're done orgasming over yours. Well, this one's like fucking. I mean, so they when they say dark and roasty, they they are not lying. It is basically like a a coffee beer. Like it's like you can actually taste the bitter coffee with it. So it's pretty shit. We're doing this at nighttime too. I'm going to be up all night. It doesn't say it has any fucking caffeine in that bullshit. Uh, well, I guarantee you it does. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know if it's true. It may actually heat up enough to where it gets rid of the caffeine. I, I don't know. Like, I know how beer's made. I don't really yeah. know. I just fake it. But boy, it's um, good. As, I have friends good. who make good beer, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, so, if you all like coffee yeah. and you like beer, this is the one for you, brother. Especially if you like your coffee dark, like the dark roast style coffee bean. Um, but yeah, it's good. Um, I definitely recommend. Allison, you probably love this beer. Fucking dark and oh, bitter as shit, brother. All right, just like my soul. <laughs> it's as bitter as our boy. What's his name? Spike? Or no? It was a uh, stripe. Stripe. Spike. Stripe. Yeah, stripe. Yeah, because he had a mohawk. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can tell it was 1984. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a good one, man. Everybody check it out if you can. Um, it might be a limited edition because it is a collab. But the Strongman Coffee Milk Stout. Um, Highwire, they actually make some really good uh, stout beers. Um, they, uh, another shout-out, too, is their uh, WD-40 one they have. Yes. And the one they actually have this year, which I had when I was at the bar, was the WD-40 uh, uh, Mexican um, coffee beer. Which is fucking good as shit too. If you like, if you like a little bit more of a, like a spicy, you know, type of beer, like a little bit more of a, um, oh god, what it, it it wasn't like it, it's like a whole jalapenos in there, but it had some a little bit a little bit of that taste of jalapeno in there too. So it was it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, um, I really like Highwire. Highwire is my, I think of the of the big. Uh, it's probably my second favorite brewery local brewery i think the highwire i think is really good yeah. um I, I, it's my second favorite one although there's so many now i haven't been to most of them anymore um yeah yeah the ones that have been around a while it's my second favorite brewery well i feel like i should be um, drinking this beer in the morning <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. sure you should always drink a stout in the morning i was like I mean, what else is there to do yeah just pour so it so basically for my beer i got the highland brewing version of of what you got so they have their version is called nuts and volts. Oh, okay. Um, it's a it's a co- it's a co- coconut coffee porter, uh, which normally like I'm on here usually railing against candy bar beers, but for some reason, um, I like at Christmas time I like toasted coconut beers. I don't know why. It's just like one of those things that I like. But it's like toasted coconut. It's made from dynamite coffee. Um, nice. It's only 5.8, so it's not like real super heavy. It's just a good, it's a good drinking, you know, porter. It's just great. Oh, yeah, you got um, me beat though. Mine's 5.3. Oh, so I got more, more alcohol than yours does. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 5.3 is even better. I mean, you don't really need high gravity beers. I mean, yeah. You really, you really don't. It doesn't really add that much to it. But it, it's really, <clears throat> I mean, it, I would describe it a lot like you're describing your beer. It's very malty. It's very, uh, toasted it's very um very dark but i don't think the coffee comes through well it's, it's kind of on the back end a little bit oh really interesting mine's yeah. like you can tell I'm right sure. away <laughs> on mine 
Like, boom, coffee. I was like, fuck. I'm, and I'm sure this is super entertaining uh, radio with people listening to us taste beer. Bro, they love it, man. They love it all the time. They're like, we want a beer, too. I got a trick, too, for your for beer lovers out there who like their peppermint, too. Uh-oh. So I used to do this uh, trick. Yeah, I, I like this. I like Nuts and Volts, so everybody should check it out. It's only available in January, February, and December. Check it out. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good. Like, fucking, we got coconut and that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some good stuff. Oh, so, yeah. This is a little trick, and then we'll we'll get on to the rest of the podcast. But I I used to do this trick all the time, and I do this with dark beers. So I am a big peppermint fan. So anything yeah. peppermint is I'm all about it. So okay. sometimes what I like what I do is I actually get one of those peppermints. All right. Yeah. And before I go out to the bar, or if I know I'm going to be drinking stouts that day, because you know. You know, stouts are kind of like they could be, you know, mixed in with double chocolate as well too, like very like yes. high end dark chocolate. So what I'll do is I'll order a, a stout with the double chocolate, whatever double chocolate one they have. I'll put a peppermint in my mouth and I'll drink it, and then I'll have a peppermint beer with stouts. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. You can do but, can, uh, you can speaking, use candy canes yeah. too. Um. Yeah, you can just put the candy cane in there and like you yeah. got your, got, you got your peppermint chocolate. Peppermint yeah, because you just pop one of those speaking in there and drink. Boom, there you go. Speaking of double chocolate, guess what came out this week? Um, is it our boys, uh, Randall's new invention? No, Black okay. Watch. Highland's uh, double chocolate milk stout came out. Oh, shit, okay. That's also really good. It's it's 8% though, so it's a little bit heavy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's good. Good, it's good stuff. My it always pick. comes out like the week of Thanksgiving. So yeah. it probably actually came out last week or the uh, week before. But I just I picked up a six pack today while I was out. Nice. I'm gonna have to try so that for we'll the New Year's episode. Yeah, we'll Sorry. talk about that. Well, yeah, we can both get that for the New Year's episode. There you go. About. That'd be great. There you go, brother. Got it all good. But everybody, give, give the people something to come back for. Exactly. But everybody, that's enough about the beer talk. Even though we're gonna be sipping on this beer all night. But let's get into the actual oh, yeah. history segment or what was happening. Around the pro wrestling and the metal music around the June of 1984. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll go first because I know you got a lot to talk about when it comes to the metal there, Allison. But so, like I said last week, um, I thought it'd be a good idea between then and until the uh, end of the year that on the wrestling side of the Retro Blood podcast, we would talk about the territory of one world class championship wrestling. The reason is because of that new Iron Claw movie that came out in theaters, which I still haven't seen yet, but I do have plans of seeing that very, very soon. Yeah, we need to get to that. <sighs> Damn, this is <laughs> just dark as shit. Anyway, <laughs> so we have, uh, we definitely are going to do that, and I'm thinking about doing that for like a, maybe like a YouTube extra or something. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out and stuff, but I definitely want to watch it. But uh, the territory was, uh, was uh, happening around this time. So I reviewed another one of their weekly television shows, and this show actually took place from the Sportatorium this time, which was their famous their their famous venue that they would run in Dallas to mostly do their TVs. Um, the only time they would go to like the Reunion Arena or they would go to the uh, the to the Texas Field, the baseball field they had out there, they had like super big shows. But most of the time, they filmed their TV in the Sport Sportatorium. But uh, we have a lot of shit going on here uh, in this show, which is uh, pretty pretty interesting to talk about. So the first match is probably the best match on the card, which was one Kevin Von Erich. 
All right, versus Michael P.S. Hayes. So it's pretty funny that we're in 1984 and Kevin's opening up the show. And then our last review last week, he was in 1982 opening up the show too versus another Freebird. So this this feud's been going on for like at least right now, like two years. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Didn't the Freebirds and Von Erich's feud go on for many years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they did. I actually tried a couple of different versions of it too. But uh, you'll like this match, Allison, and everybody. If anybody is a old school retro blood fan that listens to our wrestling reviews and, you know, doesn't fast forward them, they will love this segment <laughs> coming up, okay? It's going to be... So this match, first of all, was back and forth, and everybody was, like, screaming, like, the claw. Mm-hmm. All right? But, God, what did I... I thought they were screaming something else at the beginning. All right? Like, I thought... Okay. They, it's like... All it says, like, we want the claw. We want the claw. And I was like, what the hell are they saying at first? I was like, are they saying, like, we want the law? Because <laughs> they couldn't really tell. <laughs> until the announcer's like, no, 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 they said they, we want the claw. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, because he does the claw. So they're going back and forth. This match is heated. Like, the crowd is, like, on their feet the whole time for these guys. Because, uh, you know, Michael, he was probably, like, one of the best workers in uh, a world class at this time. Absolutely. And so Kevin actually gets on the claw, right? And we have a disqualification. And guess who runs out? Get, get, check out this team, Allison. I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have Terry Gordy. Okay. Which, yeah. you know, that's not going to blow your Makes mind because he's part of the Freebirds. <clears throat> and his mentor of who taught him the Oriental Spike. We have one Killer Khan has returned really? to the Retro Blood, brother. <laughs> Yeah, like, weird, right? Holy shit, brother. He is here. So Killer Khan is a heel in this territory. And yeah. he has the devastated Oriental Spike. Which he taught to Terry Gordy. Which he taught to Terry Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, bro. You got to see. Th- this is my favorite tag team, brother. This fucking country redneck Terry Gordy and this fucking just like Mongolian looking killer con guy i mean fuck well i could please we need more of that kind of tag teams we do it's fantastic and they're actually going to be in the tag team main event later on that night all right so what did you what did you feel like when you're watching it how did you feel about killer con showing up man i love killer con he's cool yeah exactly Uh, that's great i always love the uh i mean uh you know you can't do it today but you know the quote-unquote oriental villain i always love that because it's like you know even back in the even back even as far as the 80s like people from asia were considered weird and strange and unusual yeah and they all have unusual ways about them and they have the oriental spike which will kill you if you if if but i actually i like the way he did the spike because, so, yeah. you know, when they came out with the disqualification, I think one of the Von Erich's brothers came in. I think it was Mike that came in. He just got, yeah. like, fucking thrown over the rope. And so he does the spike, right? But it's not like the Samoan spike where it just, like, you just hit him. And no, it's runs the Oriental spike. Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, a couple of different spikes I've seen in <laughs> wrestling. There's a Samoan spike, which was yeah. done by Umaga, and is done by Solo. 
And yeah. then you got the bad luck fallet style spike, which I don't remember. I th- what does he call that thing? I forgot what he calls it. But he does like a oh, spike man, bird. He put me on a spot. I can't remember. Like he but grabs yeah, he the guy. A yeah, his is actually cool because he grabs the guy and like spikes him while he's going down, kind of like a choke slam into a spike. Yeah. Um, and then you got this oriental spike where the guy does a spike, but then he leads it leaves it on the uh, com- opponent's neck, like he like dr- drills into their neck and shit. So I actually with thought that was thumb. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, with his thumb. I was like, oh, that's kind of a good idea. You would actually think the spike would hurt the person doing it more than the person that, uh, you know, you'd think you would jam your thumb. That's what I'm saying. Or maybe you got the trachea. Maybe you get the trachea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it's a, that's why it's a technique. That's what he had to teach Terry Gordy how not to get, how not to jam his thumb when he's like, yeah, there you go. You know, going into the trachea. Yeah. So he basically bloodied up in uh, uh, Kevin Von Eric on here. So you could, and then later on, then we also two Iceman and Chris Adams came out to make the save, and later on yes. tonight we're gonna see um, Iceman and uh, Chris battled out against um, Terry Gordy and Killer Khan, my new favorite tag team. Yeah, Iceman was great. Um, yeah. I don't know that I'd ever really seen him much before, but he he's very junkyard dog like. Yeah. But uh, still, but fantastic though. Loved Iceman. Yeah, him and uh, gentleman Chris Adams was kind of a weird tag team too. Yeah. Love, whereas this, so this is before. So this is right before Chris Adams is about to turn heel, and yeah. then a couple of years after that, then Iceman will turn heel. So, but this the, the baby face Chris Adams was like okay, you know what I mean. But he didn't mm-hmm. really hit his uh, his his, uh, his character. He didn't really start getting over until he actually turned heel on the Von Erics, and he really started to get over. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see some of that in some of these reviews and stuff because he is a pretty great heel, especially his team with the Gino Hernandez. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite teams in the uh, world class territory. Yeah. So. Speaking of not um, my favorite thing, and I was actually kind of confused about this, we meet one Salomane French. Oh, okay. Uh, Allison, do you have any good uh, stories about one uh, Salomane French? The Absolutely not. The lady truck driver? I I um, so uh, I was going to ask you yeah. about her. So I tried to do some research on her, um, and not a lot is known. Apparently she, she was a wrestler. She was... Um, she was trained by Mildred Burke, um, who was a like a really old time wrestler. Yeah. Um, and she really got yeah. injured in the ring and moved to Florida, and then she moved to North Carolina before she passed away. Um, so I don't know a lot about her, and I have no idea what the hell is going on in this scene. So like, okay, so between last week's Retro Blood and this week, we've it's it was nineteen eighty two last week and this week is nineteen eighty four. Yes. But we still seem to have this Jimmy Garvin precious sunshine thing going. Yeah. Two years later. Yeah, brother. Um we, but sunshine we things but okay, going. so uh-huh. didn't didn't the uh didn't um what was her name again? Which, French. Yeah, yeah. 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 Salamane French. Uh, Salamane French. Wasn't she um wasn't she there? She was she was threatening Sunshine and Jimmy Garvin. No, right? she was she was threatening Precious and Jimmy Garvin. But she oh right, but she was mad Sun- at okay, Sunshine. I got you. Yeah, so here's right, the story. Why is she mad at Sunshine? Well, here's the story. What I okay. kind of got. We didn't watch everything. We just watched this one promo and her coming out later. So right. what we know about this lady that she drives a truck. All right. Yes. She she had an interview outside and she was talking yeah. about how 
she is the the girl who I guess grew up and helped raise Sunshine. And then yeah. Sunshine was being an asshole when she started yeah. to, to manage Jimmy Garvin. Okay? So, but she doesn't blame Sunshine. She blames Jimmy Garvin of turning some Sunshine at that particular point into like an asshole. So she okay. is back out here to get her revenge on Jimmy Garvin because of Jimmy Garvin. She feels like he's one of those manipulators. All right? And she's basically, she, right. she basically threatened to run him over and beat him up with some wood. Yes, she was going to run him over with the truck. Yes. Um, but I was a little confused about the whole... Okay, so I don't know. But I was assuming that, when, like we were talking about last week, since Sunshine was feuding against Jimmy Garvin and Precious, that she was a face. But this French lady makes it seem like Sunshine is also a heel. Well, so I'm not... she's a terrible person. Well, maybe she meant, like, the old Sunshine. Maybe. Although, Sunshine wasn't on this program at all, so yeah, I really not... don't know what was going on yeah. with her this Like time. I said, this is what happens when we don't watch the week to week, so we had to kind of, like, yeah, guess a little bit. But I'm guessing... I thought she was talking about the old Sunshine, and she was... she. I guess what happened was... Yeah. I'm just guessing right now. Like I said, guys, we don't watch this week to week, but I'm guessing somehow yeah. Precious and Jimmy Garvin maybe took out Sunshine... And then this girl is coming for revenge, and she's just giving the backstory of why she hasn't been here when Sunshine was here, because sure. she she didn't talk to Sunshine. But now that they they reconciled, now she's gonna come take revenge on Jimmy Garvin for ruining her friend Sunshine's life. So that's why I got out of it for watching this okay. one episode. I mean, sure, you can get that yeah. out of yeah. I I mean, that's as good a get. You know, that's good yeah. answers, any. Uh, but yeah, she's going to run over Jimmy Garvin, and we see her a little yes. bit later, too, going after Now, there is character. something I will never get, and I have no no idea why, and that's why Why did we book The Missing Link. Oh, what? You don't like The Missing Link? I don't know, man. I just don't get it. Like, he just grabs his hair, and like he just like <laughs> stands there and poses. And If I <laughs> wanted somebody to pose, that... boy, I got, the, I got the fucking Hercules. He's better at posing. You do have, right, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But um, the, the best thing about that match was like, because um, it was against uh, uh, Jay and uh, yeah, no, it was Jay, Jay, Jules Strongboat. Jules, yeah, yes. and uh, but it, but then he took off his uh, headdress, yeah, and the commentators talking about how the missing link was confused as to how he took his hair off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the, I swear, did, did I mishear this? But then the the. The commentators then said that he, that the missing link uses his hair as an antenna. I have no idea. Maybe does he do shock him <laughs> like, with his what? hair? It's stupid. And then he has a. I just I don't know. Just the offense and everything. I just wasn't digging it. And bro, his guy had like the fucking acne pimples all over his body. I was like, come oh, on, bro. Yeah, that's because of the the uh, steroids. Yeah. So apparently, in wherever he's from, you know those. Uh, you know, we got to do that, brother. So, uh, so his, his uh, manager, Akna Arbar or something, he attacked Julius, so there's a disqualification. And then we see Iceman come back and make the save. Fucking Iceman, he was all over this fucking show. Like, he was oh, yeah. all over this show. I was like, okay, we're pushing this guy strong. You can tell he's a, he's a big face. Yeah, he's a big yeah. face right now. So then we have we have a Jimmy Garvin promo, okay? Yes, this is great. <laughs> well, he's talking about, like... Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, I, I don't want to have to watch over my shoulder for this French girl and stuff. It's not my fault about sunshine, what happened to her. All right? 
And then, like, he has, like, pressures with them and everything. And he's all the time. But did you know that girl was in a insane asylum? That French girl? <laughs> all right. Can't do any of that. Insane asylum. <laughs> so now Garvin is now going to be wrestling a job. I didn't write down the jobber's name. But he's going to be watching this, this jobber. And yeah. <laughs> Garvin's, like, Garvin's like, I'm going to finish this guy up quick. And stuff and then they're talking about how you know Garvin is not having the best of luck l- lately because he lost the American heavyweight title to one Gina Hernandez. Yeah. Okay. And then this is a back and forth match. It's okay. It's a little slow, but it, but he actually went with a suplex, a regular suplex. Yep. Because you know back in the day, brother, fucking suplexes and one DDT, they ain't no transitional moves, brother. You're you're gone. No, mm-hmm. a suplex was a serious move. I remember when the uh, the first time I ever saw the Inziguri. Oh yeah, for me they were uh, would, well. The first person I ever saw do it was Robert Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I remember them talking about how the Inziguri was just an amazing move. How did he even pull that off? How did he do that? Yes, yeah, it's a little different now, brother. <laughs> we got a, <laughs> a lot more, a lot more moves in the repertoire. But uh, after this, then this is when we have Stella Man French come out and she attacked Garvin and they all got out of here and then the baby faces were trying to calm French down. So, yeah. I don't know where this French stuff is going with, but it's kind of weird right now. I guess you, this is one of the things you have to watch week, week to week to fully understand. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's going to culminate in some kind of big, uh, big match. Yeah. So up next we have a great tag team match. Terry Gordy and Killer Con Brother versus Chris Chris Adams and Iceman Parsons. Yes. All right. And these, oh, fuck, bro. This is a great match. Like back and forth. Pretty fun match. Um, a lot of, a lot of good heat on there too. This killer, this killer con, bro. He's fucking great. Like when he fucking did that knee off the top of his fucking, I thought he broke his neck. Yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah, it was, he's great. Wasn't I mean, they're as, both, all four of these guys are great wrestlers. Yeah. So like what happened was um I I don't remember who who actually threw him I think it was my been Terry Gory somebody threw um somebody threw uh, 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 uh Iceman over the top rope because you know back in the day in this territory brother if you're thrown over the top rope it's a disqualification because right? mm-hmm. it's too dangerous throwing a competitor over the top rope so they threw um, Iceman over the top rope and they start bidding on Adams and then Killer Khan fucking you does his fucking drop the knee on his fucking neck look like it killed his ass and they're about to go for the spike the oriental spike but yep. the Iceman comes in and makes a save and then they talk about them winning the match because of uh throwing him over the top rope so you know pretty good episode um we can kind of see that we're uh you know during this particular period we're building up a little bit more baby faces in the territory um, compared to just the Von Erichs. So that's kind of a new fresh to see. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to have a Von Erich in the main event all the time, which is uh, pretty uh, pretty cool that they were doing that around this time. Yeah, and they also mentioned that Kerry was in um, Japan defending his title. Yeah. And yep. that's why he couldn't come out and help Kevin. Yes. Because they had that, they had that big contract with All Japan still at this time. Mm-hmm. So... 
But yeah, pretty fun stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, this is very exciting territory. Um, if y'all haven't really seen World Class before, I, I recommend just giving it a try. Um, it might, I would recommend probably to check out one of their longer shows. Like the weekly TV show, you'd be like a little shocked. Like, okay, this is, because you never know what you're going to get with the weekly show. But the, right. the, I think they do, if, for the, if, you take your, if you take yourself in that time period, this is a very fun promotion with a lot of younger stars which is nice. And there's a lot of more athleticism in this promotion, which is nice to see. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, that's what our show is all about is this time period. So, you know, but yeah, we, we celebrate this, this era of wrestling towards, yeah. you know, cause I mean, we both, we both love eighties wrestling. Oh yeah, definitely. Back when, uh, back when it was still real, man. Still rather me, brother. Put the still on me, on. brother. You got the Oriental spike. That's devastating, mm-hmm. brother. You want, you want, you want a trachea anymore? You can't have one. Mm-mm. You get the spike on you. Gotta gotta hit him in the trachea. That's that. Next time we go to wrestling, that's what that's gonna be my chant from the from the second row. Hit him in the trachea. Uh, I don't think my chant of Oriental Spike will go over too well. (laughs) No, we'll get kicked out. (laughs) We'll get kicked out at at an AEW show because they're all inclusive. So, what do you got for us for the metal music, Allison? We definitely like something is metal music. So. You kind of set it up for the people to where they're going to be disappointed. So um, I don't ha- actually have a lot of metal, but I do have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, so the summer of 1984, as I mentioned before, was pretty nuts. Um, so the big metal thing that I found, and we talked about this band last week a little bit, but I'll talk about them again this week. Slayer released their first EP, Haunting the Chapel, on June the 1st. So that, you know, so what? You know, it's the first Slayer album or first Slayer EP, not a big deal. But I want to talk some about some other things that weren't necessarily metal that, that happened the same month. So June the 4th, Bruce Springsteen released Born in the USA, which is, you know, one of the biggest albums of the 80s and definitely of that year. And the same month on June 25th, Prince released Purple Rain. So oh, nice. I mean, can you I mean, can you imagine that two yeah, albums, crazy. two historical albums coming out in the same month? Um but I don't want to talk about them too much cuz they're not metal, but um I just thought that was amazing. I don't that, know, man, that Purple Rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that, what I mean? That's pretty metal. That's a little bit metal. This guy, this guy um, fucking Prince. I mean, who's more of a rock star than fucking Prince, bro? Nobody, ah. nobody. I, I mean, I love Prince. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I was fortunate enough to meet Prince once. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, love Prince. I've seen Prince so many times. Groupies everywhere, fucking just partying mm-hmm. and shit. Just, just wild, brother. Okay, wild man. But we also mm-hmm. had we also had Van Halen's John, uh, Van Halen's nineteen eighty four album still going strong. They released Panama as a single uh, this week, the week this movie came out. Um, the Ghostbusters soundtrack came out this week. Um, which was a huge album for uh, it came out on June the 8th, which is the same day this movie came out. Um, it was a huge hit that summer. I remember like having that on cassette and listening to the Ghostbusters theme song over and over and over again on my headphones, um, which is weird. But I mean, you know, I was like a little kid, so what would I, you know, what would I expect? I can't listen to Ozzy Osbourne all the time, right? Yeah, I, I don't um, know what my first soundtrack was. God, you know, actually, actually, I think I do know what it was. So this should be great. <laughs> I just came to my head, brother, and you're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so which one? It, I th- okay, it was uh, uh, Batman Forever. Oh wow! You know, the Is that with- the one with the seal song? On yes, it? the seal song, brother. Yeah. <laughs> 
bro. I listen to that fucking soundtrack, that Seal song, all the time. Every time I even hear the Seal song come on, I'm like, you know what? That brings a tear to my eye. It's oh, a great song, brother. Was it Kiss from a Rose? Kiss from a Rose, brother. Yeah, I, yeah see, I know It that. was on the Batman Forever uh, soundtrack. Got a fucking, uh, uh, what's it, Val Kimmer? You know what I mean? On yeah. there. That's a great soundtrack. I mean, brother. I love. I mean, honestly, this wasn't my first soundtrack. My first soundtrack was uh, to Empire Strikes Back, which my parents bought for me on vinyl, which right. I still have. I still have that copy, and I listened to it the other day, actually. Um, but it's a weird summer, though, man. It's like the summer June of nineteen eighty four. So check this out. This is about movies, but I, I think you'll find this interesting. So you know, on May the twenty third, so Memorial Day weekend. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. Okay. Thanks. So then on June the 1st, um, Star Trek 3 came out. So that's the next week. And then the week after that, on June the 8th, Gremlins and Ghostbusters were released on the same day. Damn, okay. So, I mean, just four blockbuster movies all in the theaters at the same Damn. time. I mean, that's like four legendary that's just movies. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, four legendary movies. Like, that would almost, that wouldn't even happen today. Like there's not enough no. money in the movie industry for that to happen today. Like if you know, if, if some big movie were to come were to be announced, well, I mean, you hear about it all the time. Like they move release dates because some other big movie was announced on the yeah. same day. But now you would never release two big hits like that. Well, on the same I mean, day. the only thing I can remember in recent time was the Barbie and Oppenheim- Oppenheimer. Exactly, Barbenheimer. Yeah. Those came out on the same day. But like, but. I believe that was a couple factors to that. Like it was basically it was the hype of the two like different movies coming at the same time, you know what I mean? Like I think mm-hmm. a lot of people wanted to do like the dual attraction. You know what I mean? It it'd be, be kind of like it'd be kind of like somehow in the marketing without <laughs> like ne- it's kind of like in the fans version of marketing if they marketed Ghostbusters and Gremlins to be like you know, a double header. Like we would go to see Ghostbusters, then right right away we go see Gremlins. You know, that's kind of like what they did with the Barbie and the Oppenheimer movie, which would be like the guys were looking to see the Oppenheimer, the girls wanted to see the Barbie, so you just watch them both. Well, yeah, but that's like that's like fan booking though. Like yeah. I could, like Barbie and Oppenheimer probably came out on the same day because they figured that it's going to be two completely different crowds. Like the yeah. people who want to see go see Oppenheimer are not going to go see Barbie. But the thing is, they um, but, but they, they, the fans made it like a yeah. thing, like, <laughs> like a, a like a double feature. Exactly, and that's what that's <laughs> what that was uh, the power of it, because like you were saying, it, it was like kind of made for two different audiences, but those audiences yeah. intertwined with each other and they hyped it up. Of kind of like seeing both yeah, of then them. there are people that were going to see both of them. Yeah, yeah. so that's, yeah, that's pretty crazy. But like, yeah, that's def- definitely something. I mean, you got like four blockbuster movies. I mean, the Indiana in Jones week, one for two weeks. Yeah. I mean, shit. Even the original Ghostbusters? Fuck. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and I I remember that summer I saw Gremlins and Ghostbusters that same week. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Something, man. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had. A whole lot of buying movies right there. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, speaking of that, let's get into some of the uh, who booked this shit when it comes to the Gremlins. Who booked this shit? So our director guy was the guy you were talking about, Joe Dante. Joe Dante, yeah. All right. And uh, he's known to kind of do like these um, style movies. He did he did The Burbs. All right. Mm-hmm. A little after this. He actually did The Howling. He did. 
So we're going to be talking about that soon. Uh, one of these months here on the Retro soon-ish. Blood. Yeah, soonage. So, yeah, he was kind of normal. He's done a little horror, a little comedy. So I thought he was a pretty good uh, director for this. And, of course, you know, this, like we were saying, it was a uh, it was pr- uh, one of the uh, uh, producers was uh, Steven, mm-hmm. St- Steven Stilberg. Executive, executive yeah. producers. So, so apparently this movie was like largely surrounded by the merchandising campaigns for this film. So they're like, you know what I mean? And they, they, it's kind of like one of those things like, you know, we could create this gremlin creature, but we could also market it towards like kids in a way. And the new furry demon. Yes. So you can definitely tell. And a lot of movies in the 80s were made that way to where, you know, after because there's kind of like a thing that people say about movies and, you know, they say before Star Wars and after Star Wars and after Star Wars, movies were completely different because Star Wars is one of the first movies that really marketed um, merchandise. You know what I mean? Like before that, people just went to see movies. But after after Star Wars, when Star Wars came out, they're like it was on everything. It was on posters and lunchboxes and T-shirts and action figures and anything you could think of. So you know, so Gremlins is one of these post Star Wars movies where they're like, oh, we can we don't have to make all of our money off the box office now. We can sell gizmos. We can yeah. sell stuffed gizmos just like we sold the stuffed ETs. Yep, and we can sell all that shit, and we'll make even more money on the back end. That's true, and they did. So, also, too, what was happening around this time period was the comedy horror was uh, getting uh, getting a little popular. Yeah. All right. So, this was, uh, this was like kind of a time when I was getting popular because, like I said, you know, Ghostbusters was basically like that as well, too. It was a comedy movie, but it had certain horror elements in it when it comes to, like, you know, ghosts, demon, terrorizing the city and stuff. But there's a lot of com- comedic aspects to the film. Yes. Um, so, the, so there's a couple of things. So the the Gremlins was first conceived during the 1920s when mechanical failures in an RF aircraft were jokingly blamed on the small monsters, the term Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And like maybe that's when the the neighbor guy he was like talking about this story where like a lot of the aircraft stuff there was like little things in the aircrafts that was like breaking them down and he was like yeah they were called gremlins and stuff and that's how they came up with the idea of gremlins was that from that story yeah so so i wonder if like uh the concept of gremlins didn't exist before world war ii like were they they created for you know at, at that time oh maybe because that's always been like a thing because like um because that's like the the uh, twilight zone episode with william shatner yeah where he sees the uh, the gremlin on the wing of the plane that was made that was made in the sixties, I guess, fifties or sixties, um, and um, but yeah, so that's like always been a thing, um, but yeah, so so they use that as the basis for for this story. Yeah, and they also use this uh, book too, a book, brother. All right, made by Ronald. Was it Ronald Dahl? He published a Ro- book. Yeah. What was his name? Go ahead. I think it's Roald, Roald Dahl, I think is how you say yeah. his name, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Roald Dahl published a book called The Gremlins in 1943 based on these mischievous creatures. So Walt Disney considered making a film of it, a Bugs Bunny cartoon of the era, Falling Hair has him battling mm-hmm. a gremlin on an airplane, 
But Joe yep. Dante had read the Grimmins and said that the book was some of some of influence to, of his work. But in 1983, Dante published said distanced his work from earlier films, explaining Argrimmins are Argrimmins are somewhat different. They're sort of green and they have big mouths and they smile a lot and they do incredibly really nasty things to people and enjoy it all the while. It's a little different than those Gremlins on the book. A little different. So the story of Gremlins is also conceived by Chris Columbus. Columbus explained mm-hmm. his inspiration came from his loft when at night what sounded like a platoon of mice would come out and to hear them screeching around in the blackness is really creepy. He then, wrote, he then wrote the original screenplay as a space script to show potential employers that... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, every time I hear that, that's just funny to me. Had uh, writing abilities. <clears throat> the story was not actually intended to be filmed by filmed until Steven Spielberg took an interest in turning it into a film. As Spielberg explained, it's one of the most original things I've came across in many years, which is why I bought it. Okay, tell, tell us how you really feel. Spielberg considered Tim Burton to direct the film after seeing his short film, Frankenweenie. So. That would be weird, right? That would have been very interesting to see Tim Burton direct Gremlins. But you know what? <laughs> that would have been very. I'd have been actually very curious about that, actually. That shit would have been pretty trippy. Okay? So. But he. Well, uh, I mean, there's a. We've ahead. talked about that a lot lately with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weird director's choices that could have been like John Carpenter directing Top Gun. Yes, exactly. We talked about that like a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. that would have been really weird. And then um, David Lynch turned down um, Return of the Jedi. Yes, which is I can't even imagine what that shit would have been like. Oh, I know. But it, uh, yeah, Tim Burton. Actually, I think Tim Burton would have done pretty well with the Gremlins. You know what I mean? It probably. just it, it probably just would have been a little bit more darker in a way. Because a lot of his films have like, the same kind of like a very interesting tone, but he would have done really well with the uh, the winter theme. Yeah, and it would have had Winona Ryder in it instead of Phoebe Cates. Yeah, she'd been a little more gothic. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. All right. So, so basically, Spielberg he chose Dante as a director because of his experience with horror comedy. So, because like I said, we, he did the Howling, which I guess it's I we have I haven't seen the Howling before, so I don't know if it's a horror comedy. Have you? Have you I thought seen, that was weird. Yeah. I would not consider that movie a comedy at all. Yeah. So, but he said like in between the Howling and, and offered to him Gremlins, he had experienced a lull in his career. So, mm-hmm. so Dante began doing storyboards, working the film while also working as a director on Twilight Zone the movie. So he's kind of busy this year. A film in which Spielberg also served as a director. The film's producer, Michael Finn, who had also worked on The Howling with Dante, Spielberg took the project to Warner Bros. and co-produced it through his own company, Amblin Entertainment. So, you know, the film, obviously, you know, films always go through a bunch of different shooting and drafts and everything. Uh, the first version was mm-hmm. apparently a lot more darker than the final film. Okay. Various scenes were cut out, including which would portray Billy's mother dying in her struggle with the gremlins, with her yeah. head being thrown down the stairs when Billy arrives. Fuck, we should have got that in. That shit would have been wild. Yeah, can you? I mean, like that. That there's no way that movie would not have been rated R. <laughs> exactly. But like <laughs> with, I mean, I just imagine like her head just like rolling down the steps. Oh no! Because <laughs> like 
Wow. So nowadays, this movie probably would have been like PG. I could see some elements of it being PG-13, but it was very tame. Um, so Dante later explained the scene made the film darker than the filmmakers wanted. There was also a scene where the gremlins ate Billy's dog and a scene where the gremlins attacked a McDonald's. And then ate the people. Then ate the customers inside of the burger. <laughs> that shit would have been fucking awesome. But the problem like is... They were going to kill Billy's dog. I mean, holy shit. I mean, how... Huh. That would have been worse than his mom getting killed. And yeah, what about the people at the McDonald's? I don't care about those people. Even though we didn't um, even see the McDonald's sign, we saw the Burger King sign. Yeah, they probably couldn't get funding from Bert for yeah. McDonald's. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I could see how this would be a problem because when you look at Gremlins, you you might think it's a kids movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you see Gizmo, yeah, and I'm sure it they kind of does. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm sure they plastered that guy's little face everywhere so that people would go see it, and yeah. then it turns into this like movie about these like little demon gremlins that are killing everybody yeah so apparently also to the they intended of of stripe being a mogwai who became a gremlin there was originally no mogwai named stripe rather gizmo was supposed to transform into stripe the gremlin spielberg overruled this oh, okay. plot element as he felt gizmo was so cute and the audiences yes. want him to be a present throughout the film or presence throughout. Oh the yeah, film. yeah. And a presence. You can't get rid of Gizmo. Gizmo is too adorable. You got to keep him through the whole movie. But I, I was a little confused by that sentence at first. But then it made sense because because Stripe was a Mogwai who became a Gremlin. Yeah, yeah. So at first they were going to. I guess like the original plan was to have Grim Gizmo turn into the to, to the Stripe and then maybe have yeah some like other element turn into a Mogwai itself or something. So they they came with a couple ideas, but then they decided on the water gimmick. Where, you know, if they drink water, you can have multiply mm. different ones. Um, but I thought this is interesting before we get into the actual movie was... So the film actually mentions an urban legend, which I didn't know didn't know about this. And which Kate reveals in his speech that her father died at a Christmas when he dressed as Santa Claus and broke his neck while climbing down the family's chimney. Which is the, probably the darkest story within this movie. And uh, when we get there, we'll talk about it. So after the, the film was completed, studio executives insisted upon its removal because they felt it was too ambitious as to whether it was supposed to be funny or sad. Funny or sad? Yes. Fucking just sad as shit. What the hell are you talking about funny? Well, it is sad, <laughs> but it, you got you to gotta consider, though, it's so ridiculous yeah. that maybe it's supposed to be funny because you can't climb down a chimney. It's not possible. Yes. Like you can't, you, it just can't be done. So Dante refused to take the scene out, saying it represented the film as a whole which had a combi- combine of horror elements and comedic elements. Spielberg yeah. did not like the scene, but despite his, despite his creative control, he viewed Gremlins as Dante's project and allowed him to leave it. A pair of the scene is featured in Gremlins 2, the new batch. So, and I guess, is the urban legend, they didn't really say what the urban legend was, but was it like a, I guess that's the urban legend of maybe like... Someone getting, yeah, someone in, getting yeah. caught in a... Yeah, and a chimney, I think, is the yeah. urban legend so. that they're talking about. So, you know, there's a lot more in-depth stuff um, when it comes to the uh, to the Gremlins movies, when it comes to the, you know, the actors and actresses that played them and stuff. But, like, you know, this, this is definitely one of the most uh, recognized franchise. Um, too bad the other films actually happened in the 90s. So, you know, unless we do the uh, Retro Blood 90s one of these years, we got to, this is the only one we're going to do. 
But um, I can't wait to talk about this one because it is a pretty fun movie. But I say, Allison, let's get into it. Let's get into the Gremlins. Let's do it. Talk about it. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift <laughs> he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever. Mischievous. Going on here. And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. Alright, so uh, we start off with our boy Randall Peltzer. Alright? Yeah. And, yeah. And he is uh, telling us, we're, we're about to hear a story that we just won't believe this year. Alright, we're not going to believe this story at all. Like, it's a crazy one. So he said he was in Chinatown. We can see him in Chinatown. And uh, he said he's there to, uh, he's like traveling around trying to sell his gimmicks. All right. All his, all his inventions. So he goes, so he meets up this kid and he goes into like this like Chinese town underworld. And he meets um, Mr. Wang. Yeah, Mr. Right? Wang. And he's trying to sell Mr. Wang like a do-it-yourself uh, traveling shaving kit. All right, and then it spills on him because this is comedy. Ha ha ha! All right, so we got a little shaving kit in there and everything. And he's trying to, like I said, sell it to him. Guy's not even interested at all. And then Randall, he keeps hearing a noise while this is all happening. He's like, "What the hell's that noise?" He's like, "Oh, that's the that's the that's a mogwai." He's like, "What?" He looks at the mogwai and basically it looks like a little hermit. No, not a hermit. What do you call those things? Like what? Uh, like it's Gizmo is very similar to like a like a hamster, I guess. Right? It's, I guess it could be in that same class. Well, a hamster. Well, gerbil. I, I don't I, know. No, with a big face. Like a gerbil with a big face. Yeah. I was gonna say he's more like a monkey. Well, I mean, he's too small to be a damn monkey. Well, he's too big to be a gerbil. 
Well, he's just, I guess but, he's just um, what is, he is what he is. Mogwai. But they, he is what he is, right? He's a Mogwai. But they did say that he, uh, they tried to get monkeys to portray the uh, Mogwais in the movie, but they uh, they had a panic attack when they tried to put the gizmo head on him, so they dixed that idea. Yeah, there you go. So apparently Mogwai in Chinese means devil. Really? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Interesting. So there you go. That's so, pretty cool. So Mr. Wang, he refuses to sell the Mogwai. All right, but the kid's all like, hey, you know, I'll sell it to you, meet me back outside. So it gives him like like 200 bucks or something for the damn because they needed the money. He says, okay, whatever you do, you got to follow these three rules. No sunlight could kill him. No water. And don't feed his ass after night, midnight. You get it? Okay. Yes. So I have, I, at this point, I have yeah. one comment and I have one question. Go ahead. Uh, my comment is that Mr. Wing is portrayed by the the great Key Luke, who's a really, really famous Asian actor yeah. who's done a lot of things all the way back to the 30s. Um, and two, how did this little guy survive in the wild if he can't get wet, he can't eat past midnight, and sunlight kills him? Well, you know, see, he was um, he was so cute and furry that we just <laughs> yes. uh, like uh, came to his demands. I see. You know what I mean? And like the uh, Mr. So, is it Mr. Wait, you said Mr. Wing? I think it's Mr. Isn't it Mr. Wing? It's not Mr. Wang, is it? Fuck. Yeah, you're right. Damn it. Who's the fucking... From the Orient, Mr. Wing. <laughs> <laughs> With the Oriental Spike. I wonder if him and Killer Khan <laughs> hang out. That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> he could be Killer Khan's manager if Skandar Agbar oh inspired. That'd be fucking awesome. But Mr. Wing, I so remember what towards I don't want to jump all the way to the ending, but Mr. Wing did say like they can't release this Mogwai on this civilization because they'll fuck it up. So maybe he like yes. maybe this was like passed down or something and he knows how to handle the, the Mogwais and shit on his own. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. this is the only one there is. But I like it where like in his shop, like he just has it hanging out for customers to hear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, right, right. If he it's was so dangerous, why the fuck is he in your shop? Like, put him somewhere else in like the basement or something. Shit, you know what I mean? Or just, or just kill him and just be done with it. But he can't be killing it. Look how cute he is. Well, he is pretty adorable. That's probably his. Huh? That's his defense mechanism. He's exactly. so he's too adorable to be put, to be put out in the sunlight. Exactly. Uh, but on, yeah, man. he's he. It strangely he is in that box yeah. <laughs> where uh, where where uh, customers can hear him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, be cute or whatever and furry. he does. Like, how yeah. how dare Randall think this thing is cute and furry to give it to Billy to his son? How dare he? So, so it's now we're fantastic. back in uh, our our main location of the film, Kingston Falls. You ever been to Kingston yes. Falls, there, Allison? Yeah. Oh, funny you would ask that question because, as a matter of fact, I have. Oh, um, shit. So, um, one thing I was going to say is, so the scene where they um, the the Chinatown scene was filmed at the Warner Brothers uh, studio backlot. Yeah. And when I was in California last year, I did the Universal tour and I did the Warner Brothers tour. So I got to go to the uh, the little China sh- the little shop in Chinatown um, where they filmed that. And I did the Universal one, so I got to go to uh, the the town that they have set up there that where they filmed this whole thing. It was all on a studio backlot. It was the same town they used for Back to the Future. Okay, that makes sense. So, as a matter of fact, I have been there. Um, one thing I got to say, though, is you, when you do those studio tours, it kind of ruins movies for you. 
Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, it really does because you know before that, like I could just say, "Oh, that's a town." Look, but now I can see that it's like a studio backlot, and that there's like in the background there's a map painting that that's supposed to be the other town, the other uh, houses. Because behind that, it's just like I mean, there's buildings, but it's just like the mountains or whatever. Um, so they have you can tell they have a map painting set up above the the buildings that they have set up there and then they're doing the whole thing. So yeah, it kind of does ruin movies a little bit. It takes the movie magic out of it. Yeah. But yeah. I was there, uh, yeah, uh, last year as a matter of fact. Oh, nice. Well, speaking of, uh, uh, <clears throat> a, a guy being, uh, ruining some stuff. Okay. <laughs> so we see the town getting ready and then we meet, um, the, I guess it's Billy's neighbor. So we meet Billy. Billy is the son of Randall. Okay. Yeah. And he's first trying to get into his car, but I guess his car froze over. So we meet his um his neighbor, and I believe the neighbor is uh I believe his name is Murray. All right. That and, sounds about right. Yeah. And Murray, he is trying to show off his new like tra- his bulldozer. All right. And I was like, "Fuck, bro! We just got done seeing a bulldozer." And Christine. Mm-hmm. And now there's one here in Grimmins, brother. They're following us around. All right. It's the same one for Christine. Yeah. And then, like, he's going on saying, oh, your car sucks because it's foreign. All right. He's one of those. Oh, you suck. Everything sucks. It's foreign. Everything's from the foreign stuff nowadays. It's like, brother, <laughs> just you wait a couple years. We'll see what happens. So, yeah. So Billy gets on out of there. And he actually, I guess he has to bring his dog to work. Like, I don't know if he regularly does that or, like, he just had to do it this special time. But this is when we see that Billy, he's working with uh, the girl named Kate, who's obviously semi-flirting yes. with. And then this is, they're, they're signing a petition against uh, the old lady, Mrs. Dingle. All right. Yes. Because I guess Mrs. Dingle, she's a widow, right? But like, and she's kind of like a Karen. She's like the 1984 version of an old girl, an old lady Karen. Yes. And uh, she just like den- denies everybody loans and shit. Or like she has, I, I didn't, I didn't really get it. So it's like, is she like the, was she like the former loans boss or corporate person or something? Because there was a, there was a branch manager, and then there was Mrs. Dingle. But everybody was worried about Mrs. Dingle. I thought she was a real estate agent. Yeah. Or she did run. She owned a realty company. Yeah. Because, well, it was weird because when, when she was coming up to there, this one girl was begging her about, you know, not paying the rent. She's like, well, I don't really, you know, I don't care. You know, bills, you know, you got to pay your bills and stuff. I don't care if it's the holiday season or if you got a new job at all. You know what I mean? All I care yeah, about is money. She's renting, she's renting to this lady because she's a realtor. Yeah. So she's renting to this lady, this this girl, and she's about to evict her because okay, that makes sense. she's a bitch. Yes. So she comes in there, starts bitching at fucking Billy because she thinks his dog... Okay, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, um, broke one of her rare statues, so she goes mm-hmm. on about how different ways she's gonna put down this dog. Yeah, um, very uh, Wizard of Oz. Yes, I'm gonna get you and your little dog too. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then the dog, I don't know, just attacks her ass. Yes. All right? Well, of course, because she's a bitch. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you know, like I know this is like a horror comedy movie and stuff, but like. Let's be honest. If the dog attacked this old lady, this dog wouldn't be in the rest of this movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's so, probably true, unfortunately. 
So they all cover a scene, and then the uh, this uh, this guy that, that works with Billy, um, what the fuck was his name? It was like this Richie guy. He was uh, basically kissing ass to the owner and tell him, uh, "Why the hell did you even bring your dog over here?" The guy, the guy that was played by Judge Reinhold, Gerald. Yeah, Gerald. No. Uh, okay. Yeah, the younger guy, kind of like the younger guy. He was um, only in there for like a little uh, bit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's Judge Reinhold's character. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, but speaking of what you're talking about, I was a little confused as to why he's taking his dog to work. But yeah. He probably just didn't have a babysitter or some shit. So Billy is having so Billy's also an artist. He's like a cartoon artist guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's at the bar showing this old guy his art. And I guess Gerald walks up saying, Hey, <laughs> it's like if it was me on uh, uh, just because it's during Christmas Eve, I would have fired your ass. Unlike uh, the, the bank owner over here who didn't, he just uh, felt sorry for you because it's Christmas Eve. All right. So you, see, in this world, you got to be a little more tougher. You know what I mean? In about like a year or two, I'm going to be the new branch manager. What are you going to be? You're just going to be sitting there drawing your little cartoons. All right. Yeah. And I don't know where Kate comes by. And this is actually my favorite line in the movie because, you know, I was like mm-hmm. those. Uh, flirtatious lines <laughs> so kate comes by right and uh, both of them are kind of um surprised to see kate and kate's like yeah i just work here like part times and stuff you know to help out the the bar owner when he needs some help so i do both jobs mm-hmm. and then like uh girl's like hey uh okay have you seen my new place and she's like well i haven't seen the old one <laughs> <laughs> And then the line of lines, Allison, which if I was in yep. 1984 and I was our boy Gerald, I would use this line on every girl known to man. You know what that line would be, everybody? <clears throat> if I may. All right, picture me. I'm in a suit, right? You know what I mean? Cocky is all shit. Go up to a high, hot piece of girl and be like, yo, yo, girl, I got a new place. And guess what? I got cable TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing, right? Um, I mean, you gotta consider cable TV wasn't as widespread as it I is know, today. but I was like, bro, he used the cable TV. Has, like, I, but you, he has cable you, TV. He's like, girl, you don't get none yeah. of that close surf girl. You got the cable TV, all right? Yeah, got, you don't have no antenna. I got don't worry about no antenna. I got Madlock on the station, brother. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna be fucking, all right? <laughs> but imagine that nowadays. Hey, girl, I got fucking. Uh, I got the I got the Hulu back at the house. I got Hulu. <laughs> Ooh, I've always wanted to date a guy who had, had a Hulu. I had Hulu. <laughs> Must mean you're going places. Oh God! Like I, I fucking, I had a, I, I, no joke. I like rewinded it twice to hear that line. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> uh, then she kind of just blows his ass off, and then we don't really see the guy anymore. Like that was it. Like this guy, he kind of, he kind of like, he got burnt so bad that he kind of just bowed out graciously. I was like, oh, yeah, he just kind of got out of the movie apparently. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> okay, so the guy might have, might have been named uh, Roland. All right. So this is a very minor character, but he did have the best line of the night. Okay, so now Billy is coming home. And Billy is... Tr- so the dad has like all these like weird gadgets around his house that none of them work. Okay. And the first one is like this egg maker, which was totally ridiculous and stupid and it didn't work. And the mom looks like she's depressed because 
since the dad has taken the the form of trying to be an inventor and all his inventions failed, he doesn't bring in a lot of money. You know what I mean? So so Billy has to um pretty much support the the family and stuff with the job that he has while trying to chase his dreams at the same time. So Yeah, which makes you wonder how they got into the position they're in now in that big huge house with, with his dad's failure inventions. Well this time. is nineteen eighty four, brother. You know what I mean? Like I guess it was easier. A little though. easier. <laughs> Nowadays, he'd be in like a little fucking uh, trailer home, probably. If that. <laughs> if that. All right. So, now, so they, they, uh, the mom's, like I said, she was a little upset because of all that's happening, too. And then, of course, dad comes home. He gives Billy this present. And he says, like, hey, we probably have to open it now. Uh, just because, you know, it's in a box and everything. And he, first, he thinks it's a new puppy, but it's like, oh, it's not a new puppy at all. He's like, okay, we got to dim the lights. And they ask why. He says, like, this is one of the things with them. And so they open it up. And he says, yes, look, it's a, it's a mogwai. All right. And he says, like, I don't really know what that means. It's some sort of Chinese word. So I just named him Gizmo. <laughs> so they, That's a great name, though. Yeah, that is a pretty neat name. He probably named it because, you know, all of his gadgets he has and stuff. Um, so they pitch so they he, he, he tells them all about the lights and like don't do a lot of lights because it'll hurt him and stuff it'll kill him they say don't put water on him so don't put any kind of water on him and whatever you do do not feed him after midnight alright so now we see Billy he's playing with Gizmo we can see his dog is getting a little jealous of him paying all the attention with the little Gizmo puts a little Santa hat on him and stuff um, and then he like he 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 accidentally drops Gizmo in the trash, right? And then he picks him up. He tries to like help him out a little bit, and they go to sleep. Right. So we got more funny scenes of Billy and the juice maker, ha ha ha, comedy. Which also doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. We have a kid who knows shit. When I saw him, I was like, "No, you gotta be kidding me." <laughs> You're in here too. <laughs> Fucking Corey Feldman shows up. Corey I was like, Feldman's what the back fuck, in the red bro. Blood. This guy's on everything. Friday the 13th, um, part four, fucking Lost Boys, and now Gremlins. All right? Yeah, he did those Let's the same go. year. Damn. Can you believe that shit? This guy fucking. Yeah. So he was in Friday the 13th, part four, like two months before this. Um, so you had never seen this movie before, I'm guessing? Well, okay. So I, last week I said I used to watch it as a kid. But yeah. I'm get, I, I don't really remember this one. So I'm guessing I watched the second one. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, this one's way better, but yeah. yeah. So now Corey Feldman's in this movie too, in a in a small role. Yeah, he's playing the character Pete, the tree guy, the tree kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, he plays the tree kid. Yeah, the tree. He's here to bring the tree over. I was like, they do that? You have a custom service that brings your fucking tree over? Is that like still going on that I don't know about? Because every time I had to do I'm a sure tree, we'd have picked that shit up ourselves. Uh-huh. I'm sure in big cities or something that. Or maybe maybe just in really small towns, if you live in town, they might bring it to your house, yeah. maybe. So Gizmo was watching the TV. All right, so Billy introduces Corey. I put Corey, but it's Pete to Gizmo. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> All right, and uh, they, they're they just like looking at So Pete wants one of them because he looks cute and everything. Yeah. And uh, they start playing around with him a little bit, and eventually Pete accidentally spills the paint, water paint, on Gizmo, uh-huh. and he starts to like boil up and shit. And then we have like a bunch of little 
things pop out of them. And then four more pop out. Alright. And they're looking, you know, they're looking a little bit nervous and and uh so now so now they're like, hey, you know, so now basically five of these new gizmos all popped up. Alright? Yeah. And they realize, oh shit, when you put water on this thing, it like multiplies. Alright? And he's like, hey, you can have one now. And then Pete's like, ah, I don't really think I really need one of these now. <laughs> like, come on, bro. What the hell? So now Billy, he's going to Randall. Randall tries to pitch his shaving cream, all-in-one shaving, traveling shit. And then he presses the button yeah. so he gets shaving cream on him again. He's like, oh, I was going to fix that. So we're seeing more comedy. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. He has a shaving cream <laughs> thing that doesn't work. I'm laughing. Uh, very funny. Very funny. He says, like, hey, I know what happens when the gizmo gets with water. He multiplies. And then, of course, our boy Randall's like, oh, fuck. This would be a great Christmas toy. You yeah, know what I mean? sell them to everybody. You sell them to everybody. I actually thought that was where the plot was going to go. But, like, <laughs> it didn't. So, because we could see all the little gizmos right there, and they're all, like, playing around with the tree and the toys and everything. And then, and then uh, Billy does bring out like, "Hey, you see that one with the little uh, striped head? It, that one seems to be the leader." All right. And he looks evil. Yes, he looks a little evil. So, and then Randall's like, he basically says like, "Yeah, all these little gizmos, all these little like gizmos, but like every kid would want them. They would replace the dog, and of course, the dog looks all nervous, like he can understand everything <laughs> a human says." All right. Uh, so now uh, Billy, they're all sleeping every stuff, and Billy wakes up a little bit. All right, and the dog, he can't find the dog at all, and you can see that the 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 the, the gizmo with a little striped on his head was laughing a little bit, and we can see the dog is now hanging outside, wrapped up in Christmas lights. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And they're sitting at the table now. It's the mom, the dad, and Billy. And they basically think that Mrs. Beagle did it. Miss Beagle, she's the one that did that to the dog. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Evil bitch. Yeah. She they basically thinks it was her, but obviously we can tell it was one of these gizmo like well, creatures. Mogwise. These yeah. Mogwai like creatures. <clears throat> so, but it, they, they said it was like kind of weird because they, they can't necessarily point out that it was Mrs. Beagle because there was no. No footprints, no prints or of, of anywhere around the snow at all. So they can't really exactly tell, but that's what they think it was. So, and then now um, the the dad says, don't worry about it, I'll bring the dog to the grandma's house and stuff. And then they try a coffee maker, and his coffee maker looks as dark and slimy as this beer I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nasty. Dark as shit, bro. Pretty, pretty nasty. <sighs> so now Pete... And Billy, they go to the school, and Billy is showing his teacher, okay, the uh, the 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 Mogwais and stuff, and showing them like, hey, you know, I, can you do some experiments on this uh, on this uh, Mogwai and stuff? And the teacher's name is Mister Hansen, and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll check it out and stuff. And he's like, yeah, we t- we pour water on them and they expand and stuff. So they gave one to him, so him to do some experiments on it. All right. And then he'll run some tests on it. So now we have Billy. He's at nighttime. He's in the snow. Uh, he looks at Kate because, you know, he's uh, uh, flirting. 
And he goes by the bar that Kate's working at. And he sees his drunk neighbor. All right, the drunk neighbor leaves. This is when we get the, the neighbor is about to drive drunk in his uh, snow plower. <laughs> but then he says, like, this is when he gives up the whole story about the gremlins and how they go into different planes and they broke them all up. And he's like, all the yeah. gremlins are all around us. They're all around us over here, damn foreigns. And they're like, hey, you probably shouldn't, you know, drive while you're drunk. He's like, oh, that's good. I'll walk home. Okay. And then they leave. So then we see a couple of carolers, and this is when Billy and um, see he's talking about how uh, Mrs. Well, Kate and all of them are talking about the 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 neighbor Furman of how he lost his job, and that's why he just needs the people to listen to because that's why he's really upset for the holidays. And she's like, and then Kate explained like, yeah, people get upset around the holidays a lot, and Billy can't believe it. He's like, this is the holidays. Why is anybody ever getting upset, brother? All right, I'm a happy camper. She's yeah, like, well, no. Would anybody ever be upset? Yeah, Kate's like, well, no, I fucking hate Christmas. He's like, why the hell do you hate Christmas? Well, let me tell you. Okay, she doesn't tell her story yet, but she basically says that she's upset, you know, around the holidays, and uh, she doesn't like it. And then they get they get kind of upset at each other. Then they apologize, but she later on explains to us why she doesn't like Christmas. Well, we'll get to there soon. And then they say sorry, and they have a good night. And then, and then a boy, Billy, asks, like, hey, you know, what nights are you free? She's like, I'm free on Thursdays. She's like, well, you know, would you like to go on a date? And she's like, yes. And he's like, all right. All right. Well, I'll talk to you on the phone about all the deets. All right. So now Mr. Hansy's drawing some blood on the gremlin. Uh, Billy's all hanging out. All right, and then uh, this is actually I think they made a toy out of this one of uh, Gizmo reading the magazine in 3D. Oh yeah, with the 3D uh, yeah. glasses. Yeah, with the yeah. 3D. Yeah. So now all the other gremlins and stuff, they're all like freaking out, and he's like, "Hey, I've already fed you and everything." He looks over to the clock. He's like, "Well, it's not 12 o'clock yet, so I guess uh, I could still mm-hmm. feed you guys." Because remember, he, you know, he's like, "As long as we don't feed him after 12, we're fine." So the clock yes. says it was before 12. So he goes grab some chicken legs and he feeds them all with the chicken yeah. legs. And of course the leader is looking all like like he did some evil. And then uh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I don't know why Gizmo doesn't warn him though. Well, you know, he's the uh, he's still new. He doesn't uh, fully trust everybody yet. <laughs> I guess, but he knows what's going to happen, so yeah. you know, he you would think that he would like, you know, warn him and point at the clock because you know billy's about to find out why it's why it's not midnight according to the clock but yes gizmo surely gizmo knows already yeah because also too you know that, that is yeah that is true because billy tried to offer gizmo some chicken and he denied it and he wouldn't take it yeah so. he knew it was past midnight yeah well you know maybe it's what our boy mr wing said you know gizmo could talk the whole time billy just wasn't listening true true like Good a point. typical guy <laughs> so now teacher the mr hansen he's leaving and he he already draws blood and of course the blood was all green and shit and he leaves the sandwich behind and we can see that the uh, good old gremlin has taken the sandwich so billy and gizmo they sleep to the tv being on all right and it, it kept saying you're next you're next so doing some foreshadowing and then billy awake 
And he sees that all the, the, the gremlins besides Gizmo are all a bunch of eggs now. Or cocoons. They're cocoons, yes. Yes. And then he's like, hey, and then the mom comes over and when she, he shows the mom, he's like, well, did you feed him after midnight? He's like, no, no, I'm sure he did. The clock said it wasn't. And then he looks at the clock and the, co- the clock was cut. Oh, right. who could have done that? Yes. So now uh, 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 Pete and Billy meet at the school and they talk to Mr. Hanson. They could see that his gremlin creature has turned into a cocoon itself too, brother. And he was, and then Mr. Hanson had to explain to us what a cocoon is, and they're going through a metamorphosis. <laughs> yeah, it's educational. Yes, just like the retro blood. We're all, yeah, you know, I mean, when you feed these things after midnight, they go through a transformation, a metamorphosis. So now <laughs> the dad, yes, now the dad, Randall, he's out at a convention, and he's all like, "Hey, you know, I didn't know this convention was going to be uh, this stiff on a competition." <laughs> Because they all have like robots and moving cars and shit, and he has a little failing bring your own suit, uh, traveling kit. So he's a little yeah. embarrassed. And she, and she's like, "Well, it's Xmas Eve and everything, you know. What's going on here?" I was like, "Well, and you know, I'll I'll get back as soon as I can." So now we have uh, Mrs. Dingle. She denies somebody her her deposit again. This is the same lady. Mm-hmm. And then she's asking Billy about her dog, and she, "Hey, where's your dog around here?" And Billy just kind of plays, you know, plays it off. So now we're back at the classroom. These kids are learning about birds and birds' heart and shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What kind of crazy video is this? I never seen this one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like the heart, the heart pumps. It pumps just like a human. I was like, "Damn, okay." So now that that cocoon is hatching, or all the 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 cocoons at the Billy's house are hatching, and Gizmo's getting worried, and the the uh, the cocoon at Hanson's office is. Uh, hatching as well, but this is when the, uh, the, the bro. I know this is like me in school. The kids hear the bell and it's Christmas Eve break. They got out of there so fast, brother. I was that kid. I heard that bell. It was a Christmas holiday break. I was like, let's go, brother. Two weeks off. Fuck yeah. Boom out on out of there. All right. So this is when we hear the uh, the movie playing in the background about hearts and stuff. And Mr. Hansen goes to get this creature a candy bar. All right. Yes. So the key, he gets a candy bar, which is a Snickers. All right. So yes. we, so so far we did get, we did see a scene at the beginning where there was Burger King. I didn't bring it up. So we got Burger King product placement, and now we got Snickers product placement in this movie. And he's trying to give the uh, the candy bar underneath the desk. But the good old gremlin grabs his ass and eats his hand, I guess. Billy goes all the way to school because he realizes, like, oh, shit. Like, he, he you know, these gremlins are pretty, uh, you know, pretty crazy. And he yes. sees, and then he sees Hanson dead with a needle in his ass. Mm. Right. Who could have done it? Yeah. And then he goes for the phone, but he gets cut off by the gremlin. And, and then the Grimman leaves to the vent. He goes into another room and it leaves to the vent as well, too. Now we're back at the home with Billy and Randall's, Billy's mom. Um, she hears a noise. And, of course, it's those other gremlins. And she goes up to Billy's room. She, 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 uh, she doesn't really see Gizmo anywhere because Gizmo basically got... Well, we see Gizmo kind of like he's on... First, he's on the dartboard. All right, because so they're kind of like bullying him. 
and then they take him and they throw him down like the uh, the laundry chute. They throw him mm-hmm. down there. And I actually thought this part was pretty crazy. So when the actual like I guess what are they? These are these are the official gremlins now because they're all like metamorphosized into like these bigger like creepier looking slimy creatures that you would see out of the eighties. Yeah, and I actually thought. Tell me how you think about this scene, Allison. I thought the scene was pretty crazy. Where the fucking mo- the mom goes straight to like Sarah Connor mode, like she kills one gremlin from in the blender. She stabs one of those out fucking other gremlins. She's like she fucking taking these gremlins out like some sort of a gremlin serial killer. Yeah, she was great. She was, was like, like, yeah, damn. she Sarah Connored all the gremlins. I know. Um, I was like, shit. Yeah, mom was a badass. <laughs> She's like fucking mother stewed their asses. All right, let's go, brother. <laughs> Taking them all down. And of course, a couple of them get away, and then one of the major ones gets away. Striped, he gets away. But I was like, damn, this fucking girl, she's taking them all away. You know, and they, they were kind of fucking with her a little bit with the Christmas music and everything, and the record player. But then she fucking gets them all in the blender, and she was like, just going to town on these fucking guys. So now, yeah, the one where go ahead. explodes in the microwave is my favorite. Yeah, the microwave one. That shit was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, ew. Throws his ass in the microwave. It's like that. And it, there's a ceiling Blows fan one. Yeah. Ceiling fan was awesome, yeah. too. Yeah. So she went, she went hog wild on these uh, gremlins. Yeah. So, and then, of course, um, so while this is happening, too, one of the gremlins actually is it goes on the tree and starts attacking the mom. Okay. So after she took care of about three or four of them, there's still a lot more left, you know? And there's one on the tree that got her and she was fighting with it. And then Billy comes over and he actually kills it with his sword that was on the wall that falls off all the time. So they're doing all that. So he brings, Billy brings the mom over to the doctor and she basically, he basically keeps him over at the doctor's house. And then Billy heads home and he finds Gizmo in the uh, laundry chute. And the dad tries to call, but nobody's answering. Uh, Billy is looking for Striped now. Because he knows, like, Striped is, like, the main leader guy of the crew now. And I think he's like, I think he's the only one left out of the, uh, the ones that turned into the evil-grown gremlin mogwise. So he goes to the local YMCA. All right. And he hears Spike um, kind of like hiding between like this chute. And eventually Spike pops out, like taps, <laughs> basically it looks like he tapped Billy just for a second. And he jumps right into the pool. Oh, yeah. And this is when we have the, this is when they basically the Grimmins are start growing now. Because he jumped into a whole pool. And we just saw that just by a little bit of paint water can make like five of these gremlins. Just imagine what a whole pool can make now. So Billy's all freaking out. And, and he the runs pool to the pool starts police. like fogging and yeah. glowing underneath the water. So you know some bad shit's about to happen. Yeah, like when it was growing, it was growing like Christmas colors. Oh, yeah. 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 Nice, right? So now, uh, now Billy goes to the police. All right. And he's telling all the police about, yeah, there's like a thousand gremlins coming out of that fucking pool over there. And they're all laughing. I'm like, oh, you're fucking drunk. He's like, I'm not drunk and shit. You got to believe my story about these gremlins. All right. He's like, listen, the main one is called Spike. And like, listen, I'll show you what this guy looked like. And then they show him like gizmo and stuff. All right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this cute little furry thing ain't going to attack nobody. But they don't look like this now. Yeah. 
And then we do see a scene of like Stripe and all his minions or all of his creations are coming onto the street and they're about to terrorize the whole town now. Yeah, that was like the worst stop motion effect I've ever seen. <laughs> well, come on, brother. You know what I mean? Or an 84. <laughs> like, I'm not even sure it was stop motion. I don't even know how they did that. Like, they have all the little gremlins like walking down the street, mm. but they've also sped up the film to make it make them walk faster. Yeah. It just looked awful. I mean, for all the special effects in this movie, which were done by Chris Wallace, who did uh, special effects on the fly or yeah. would do, depending on your continuity. And uh, to us, it's in the past. But in this continuity, it's in the future. Um, he did he did, he did special <laughs> effects on the fly, um, but uh, but yeah, that 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 could have been better. Well, you know, what I mean, you gotta start somewhere. You know what I mean? Of course, right? Of course, now it'd be all CG and it'd look all shitty. Yeah, it? look all shit. Yeah. Yeah. So the so the first stop they do is at Murray's house, the fucking neighbor. You know, the guy who hates all foreign shit. He's watching some yeah. TV. He's all pissed off. He thinks this is a foreign TV. <laughs> <laughs> Because nothing will come in. Yeah, and then, then the only channel he can get is the Spanish channel. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, damn, foreign channel again. Uh-huh. So he wants to go check out the satellite on top of the house. All right. And he's going out there looking the at antenna, it. Yeah, yeah, the the antenna, antenna, yeah. The TV antenna. Yeah, the TV antenna on top of the house. Uh, then he hears a noise in the garage. And then out comes one of the gremlins in his bulldozer. He's like, oh, shit. And then he like they, they like run, runs back into the house. And then it smashes the house. All right. And then he's like saying right right before he gets smashed, he's like, it's a real gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> that part was pretty Yeah, good. I was a little confused by this scene too. Like, so the gremlins are like, they can pick up, they're strong enough and heavy enough that they can pick up a dog and wrap him up in Christmas lights. Yeah. But they're light enough that if they hang on a TV antenna, the TV antenna doesn't bend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with sure. that. Yeah, they, you know, and, I mean, and, they're very and, agile, and they somehow uh-huh. know how to drive a bulldozer. Yes, I mean, what do you think a Mogwai is? It's a multi-talented. All right, is it, is it Chinese for bulldozer driver? Yes. Right. Okay, fair, fair enough. See, I heard they. So what they did was they knew this was going to happen, so they had they got their bulldozer license beforehand. So it's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> So now we have one guy put something in the mailbox, and the, the one of them throws it back, and then the other the other guy comes in and he grabs his hand for comedy. Uh, we have all the grimms messing with the street lights, and all these cars start crashing up everywhere. And this is Gizmo. Now we're back at the police station. Gizmo is angry for these cops, and the cops keep laughing at him. Uh, and then like this is like this. Billy's trying to like explain the plot to these cops, but the cops are not listening. He's like, no, right. Gizmo is not the crazy bad creature. This is like the beforehand stage. I got I to gotta pour him some fucking water for him to turn into the crazier ones. And they're like, they're not believing him at all. And then they get a call. They're like, oh, what What happened? He's like, yeah, Mr. Han- Mr. Hanson or Mr. Um, the neighbor and stuff. Uh he got killed with the bulldozer, bulldozer going or snowplower going through his house. Yeah. All right. And then, like, of course, Bill's like, it kind of remind Billy kind of remind me, um, like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, fuck. Well, he remind me of the guy from Friday the Thirteenth. 
the uh, okay. What's it, you know the kid that we had like the Corey Feldman played his character, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. So Billy kind of yeah. reminded me of Tommy from Friday the Thirteenth, where he was like, "Listen, guys, this is the Gremlin doing all this stuff," and the cops were like, "No, you're just crazy." All right. So he kind of reminded me of there. So Billy's just trying to tell him like, "Hey, these these Gremlins out there," but they're not really believing him. All right. So he basically tells the cops tell, "Hey, you just go home and open up those Christmas Eve presents. We'll take care of all this shit." Sure. So now, Stripe and all his and a couple of his creations are at Mrs. D Deagle's house. All right, Deagle. She plays around with her cats a lot. She's a big cat person. I actually thought this scene was actually pretty awesome. So she has like a lift, like going up her staircase and shit, like where she gets onto and it lifts her downstairs and everything. And she's like taking care of her cats and she hears all these like singing out there. And oh, that's one of the things too we forgot to bring up. Apparently the the Mogwais, they they're known for singing. You know what I mean? Oh they, yeah, because remember he sings yeah. when they when they're playing the yeah. uh the keyboard and he plays the little Mogwai song. Yeah. So they sing a little bit. So Mrs. Dugo, she hears them singing outside. She's like, oh, I fucking hate Christmas carolers. I told those ass not to come around here again. And she opens up the door, and there's a bunch of gremlins dressed up like Christmas carolers. And she, like, freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> and then in, in, in between, uh, Striped, he was in the house, and he rigged her little, like, like a carrier machine up the stairs yeah and she gets on that shit and she goes like a million miles per hour and she goes and she shoots out of the house bro that scene was fucking awesome i love yeah. that scene how can you how can you not laugh at that that's yeah. hilarious yeah that's a great scene yeah that's that shit's comedy and she flies out of the house she falls right in front of the cops and the <laughs> cops are like was that mrs deagle oh <laughs> shit and then there's like maybe there really her. is a problem yeah and then they look over and then they mm. see this guy who's played santa claus and one of the cops, his name is Kevin. It was all like, yeah, what's that guy doing? Like, that's like the mall Santa guy. Like, what, what's all over him? Why does he have that all over him and stuff? And the other guy's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if this is right over here. I think we should get out of here. All right. And so they start driving around. And the other guy is freaking out. They can see that the whole, there's like madness everywhere. And eventually the cops, like, they get into an accident and the car blows up. So this is also to when. So Billy is now. His his car. He finally gets into his car, and his car is actually starts this time, okay, and now we have. Uh, Pete has called the local radio station, telling him about all these gremlins attacking everything, and the radio guy doesn't believe it until the gremlins start attacking his radio station. Okay, now we're at a mobile gas station, another product mm-hmm. placement. All right, and Randall is trying to sell his smoke-free ashtray gimmick to a local mobile gas station attendant. All right, he's trying to sell more of his gimmicks. Yep. So because the guy smokes a lot. Exactly. So this is when we got a weird scene that probably costs a lot of money to make. We have the gremlins. <laughs> we have the gremlins are fucking up the bar where Kate works at, and we get like this whole like gremlin mafia. Some of you would see in like scarf, not scarf. Maybe we some of you would see in like the Godfather scene. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Drinking beer. They're drinking some of the... Well, they, their beer wasn't as dark as the shit I'm drinking. But they had beer there. They were smoking some cigs, playing some poker. I uh, believe it was Spike, Spike, the one that shoots one of them, like a gangster. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, why is she serving them? Like, why doesn't she just escape? Like, go well, out, you know, like, they leave. didn't let her. Well, true, but... Okay, I'm just thinking, I mean, like, these... So. Okay, for, I'm thinking this, though, Allison. If they can multiply by water, okay, and they're drinking a bunch of fucking beer, wouldn't we have, like, the a beer lot more of these? water in it. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, so... Well, it doesn't say they can't drink water. It says they can't get water on them, which is going to be oh, yeah. a question to ask, like... Does the Mogwai like just try to drink water without spilling water on him, or how does that work? Maybe he doesn't drink water. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, maybe the, I don't think uh, if they spilled beer on him, they would definitely. Uh, maybe the beer is there for the effect. Populate. <laughs> maybe. So then Kate realizes. She, I guess she was trying to make some fire shots or something, but she realized that fire. Like no, no, she was trying to light one of their cigarettes. Maybe she yes. thought they were customers. I don't know. So, oh, so she's talking about a cigarette. She knows that the the the, the light is the fire light is scaring them. So she mm-hmm. uses that basically in all of them to get out of there. And then one of them is on her fan. Um. And then one of and then one of them also tries to shoot her, but she gets on out of there. And Billy comes in and saves her and stuff. And then now now that he got his car and saved her, now the car won't start. So they had to get out of there and run on foot. And then there's madness all around the town. And then now they're going, uh, they go back to, to, to Billy, and Billy's now telling Kate that they're all gremlins. And and then she's like, oh, I just got another reason to hate Christmas now. And this is when she gives us the, our, this is why she gives us the story of why she actually hates Christmas. Her, her sad story about her dad. The dark scene over here, brother. So she was nine years old, right? And it was, it was on Christmas Eve or something, or Christmas. And the mom and dad... Alright, uh, they, they were together, but the dad wasn't home, and he left, and they they tried to, to, to look for him all around the town, but they couldn't find him at all, so they think he basically just st- skipped out on them, and then about like four months later, they, I guess they, they heard like, a, they had like a smell or something, so they thought it was, might have been like just a dead rodent in the chimney, but then when they checked out the chimney, they realized that it was the dead dad in the chimney the whole long. And what happened was he was coming down the chimney to dress like Santa, and he slipped and broke his neck, and he got stuck in the chimney. Wait, does it? Do they say that in the movie that, yeah. that it took four months to find him? Yeah, like it took like around a couple months to find him. Is it or four months wow, or four okay. weeks or something like that? But it took a, it took a little while to actually find him in the chimney. That is a very long time. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, that's fucking crazy. She's like, that's why I hate Christmas. I was like, oh, shit, that's the darkest shit. Okay. Pretty dark. And then, and then she's like, hey, where, where all the Grimlins go? And Bill's like, well, it'll be light pretty soon, so they'll, uh, they'll be hiding stuff. And it's like, okay, well, let's go to the theater. Or, like, they see, like, I guess they see some stuff happening at the theater. And so they go to the movie theater, and the theater's playing Snow White. So they can see some of the Gremlins in the movie theater, because, you know, it's really dark in a the movie theater, even though there's yeah. like, light on the screen. But I guess that light yeah. doesn't hurt him. Guess not. <laughs> Even though a flashlight from a flash bulb does. Yeah, but, absolutely. A flashlight hurts them. So now they're watching the movie. They're all watching the movie together. It's actually a pretty famous scene of all the gremlins inside the movie theater. 
uh, reacting off the Snow White. They start singing the whole song. And I'm so is, this is okay. Like it's been a while since you've seen Snow White. Is the song is is the song about my hole or my home? Like the song they, they're singing in the movie. Yeah, this song is it, Hi Ho. Oh, it's Hi Ho. I got I hi thought Ho Hi Ho. It's off to work we go. Oh my bad. I thought they're saying my hole, my hole, my hole, my hole, my hole. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh my bro. God. My brain what goes to different. My gra- my brain goes <laughs> to different shit. Okay, when I watch stuff, I can't help it. Okay. And then, like, Kate's like, "What are they doing there?" Bill's like, "They love watching Snow White." All right, and then she's like, "Well, let's go to the boiler room, and what we'll do is we'll blow up the whole fucking building and burn all their asses yeah. in here." Oh, yeah, okay. that's dark that's... shit. Because right, that's not an overreaction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's nuke the whole town. Yeah, let's nuke it. All right, let's go. Let's, let's nuke it for space. Yeah. That's the only way to know for sure. So our boy, uh, our boy Stripe, he is not digging the uh, female gremlin. All right, that he had over at the bar. He just wants more candy. So he gets over there. He sees the candy shop like at the next place. So he goes to the candy stop to get out of there. So mm-hmm. now Billy, he's, Billy's turning on the gas that's underneath the. The fucking uh, movie theater. All right. And then he lights a little rag on fire. And then they run out of there. And then they had to run past the screen. But a lot of the gremlins see them running past the screen. So they try to trace them down. All right. And they eventually get out of there. They lock them in. And the whole place blows up. And of course, Stripe sees with candy all around him. That Billy and his crew blew up all his minions. Yep. So now, when 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 Billy and, and Kate and all of them and, and Gizmo and they're all there, they they see um, they actually see, or Billy does. He sees Stripe in the, the department store. Like, oh crap, we got to get this one. You know what I mean? Because there's still one left. All right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, basically, what they need to do is when this business Billy says, like, listen, like Stripe, he's the one that like did all this. So we had to stop him from getting back to that you know YMCA pool, so he can create more of them. All right. So that's why they got to go take him out right now. They can't wait. All right. So now, yeah, because he'll start this whole thing all over again if yeah. they, if they don't catch him. Yeah. So now, and then also too, Billy says he's going to go after him, and if you can like look after Gizmo, and then this is when we get a quick kiss with Kate and, and Billy. I'm saying, like, oh, okay. So now the stripe is. Tricking Billy on the TV, starts smashing up all the TVs. Uh, Billy's going through all the toys. Uh, Kate is using a loudspeaker to t- try to distract S- uh, Stripe. Stripe is now attacking Billy with some arrows, and he eventually uh, hits uh, Billy in a- with the arrow in the arm. Mm-hmm. All right, and then during this, Gizmos cannot take this anymore. He is going to grow a spine, and he gets into his car and starts driving around the whole department store. And it takes him an hour to get to where he's trying to get. This was adorable with him driving around in the little toy car. <laughs> yes. I mean, that shit was fucking cute. You can't, you can't deny it. It took that. him forever, though. It did. It took him a while. But, yeah. I mean, they had to have a long scenes of him driving around in a cute True. little car, man. It was cool. And then during this, Randall shows up with a dog. And the dog yeah. knows right away there's danger, so he comes in there. And I like how, like, he's, like, nervous, like, with Gizmo in the car. And then mm-hmm. he tries to go uh, help out. So, Billy, he is uh, still fighting with, with Stripe. And Stripe is Stripe is down near like a water fountain, which is in there. 
Yeah. And he has a gun on him. He's about to shoot Billy. And so Gizmo comes flying in there, distracts him a little bit. Dog comes in there, starts to distract him a little bit. And then Gizmo's plan was to rip out the shades that was covering up the, the sunlight from that department store part. And he does mm-hmm. that. Stripe starts to melt a little bit and he eventually melts in the water. Billy checks on him. Stripe comes back all melted up because we have to have a sh- our one scare scene at the end, like a horror movie. Yeah, a jump scare, yeah, yes. where he jumps out of the water. Yeah, it starts melting. Looked pretty crazy. So then we yeah, uh, you, go ahead. I was gonna see. So you can see, like in this scene especially, you can see that uh, this it looked like the special effects of the melting gizmo looked a lot like the fly. Yeah, special effects. Yeah. So you can see where Chris Wallace like would go from this to do the fly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it looked good. Like the um, the way the grims and gremlins looked and the melting scene and stuff, it looked it looked really good. So, so now we're back at the uh, the Peltzer's house. All right, they're watching the news about all the carnage that happened around mm-hmm. the town, and we have a narration by the dad saying, "Yeah, I told you guys wouldn't believe this story." And then, <laughs> then out of nowhere, Mister Wing shows up, says, yeah. "Oh, you all fucked up." is <laughs> all like it's like I, I I guess like the dad's like oh I'm, I'm sorry that I actually bought uh, a gizmo from me he's like oh yeah bought is a strong word okay yeah and he's like yeah, I, he listen, basically stole him yeah he basically did he says monk wise are not supposed to be part of sizzling being part of civilization because civilization always messes everything up alright yep. just like you guys did over here and the dad's trying to like you know apologize a ton and then Gizmo, you know, obviously Bill's looking sad because he, he developed a relationship with Gizmo. And then Mr. Wang's like, listen, you know, you guys are just not ready or you, Billy, you're not ready for Gizmo yet. But when you are, come see him and he has something to tell you. He's all like, he can talk. And Wang's like, he's been talking this whole time. You're just not listening. He just won't listen. Which I thought was weird because yeah. he has been talking. I mean, he says, Mug, why? Yeah. All the time. And-, and then Billy, and then, you know, and then he basically just says, Billy. The, uh, yeah. the gizmo does and then uh, and then the dad's like hey to apologize i'll give you this limited edition smoke ashtray and the, mr wang's like oh i already heard about it before because the guy at the mobiles tries to give me give it away for me too but thank you <laughs> and then we get a weird story from the dad i don't was the dad high this whole movie i have no idea but he was also like yeah if you guys ever, you know, hear a strange noise in your house and stuff, don't call an electrician, don't call a plumber and stuff. It it's could a, be a real, but it could be a gremlin. Then we, then we cut yeah. the movie. So what did you think of this? <sighs> I mean, it was fun. Like I could tell, you mm-hmm. know, this is uh this kind of this is like the uh Yeah, it's kinda like the E. T., you know what I mean? Where it's very yeah, like yeah. it's like semi wholesome. Um, it, 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 it kind of is in the same realm. It kind of reminded me of like, you know, like, like home alone, you know, like that kind of stuff where there is dark tones to it. You know what I mean? But it's very like wholesome style movie. You know what I mean? That's, that's interesting that you would say that. Cause Chris Columbus also wrote home alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could tell, I mean, you could, like I'm saying like even home alone, you know, if you look at some of the actual like premise of the story, like two yeah. burglars trying to break into this house and they fail and they want to kill this kid. I mean, that's pretty, you know, it's kind of dark if you look at the, the tone, of, you know, the actual like right. plot. Like if I just yeah. explain yeah. the plot of that movie 
and not gave it you all would think it's funny. a horror movie yeah you would think yeah. it's like some sort of horror movie just like this one but like two the, you know you have like this crazy demon creature who spawns into these other crazy demon creatures and they want to terrorize this town and kill everybody you know but if you add like the the wholesome family entertainment with it you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like like i said they're basically doing that it's like horror comedy in a way you know it's kind of like little shop of uh, what do you call it little shop of horrors and stuff it's very little wholesome horrors, stuff yeah. So it's mm. for that realm, it's fine. You know what I mean? And you know, mm. I mean, come on. This is like definitely a like a like a young kid trying to get into. I wouldn't even say horror too, but a young kid trying to see like more like a maybe semi more adult family movie. Like this would be like I said, the yeah. perfect. This would be a perfect PG thirteen movie at the time. So I'm glad they actually created that idea. You know what I mean? Because it's not yeah, rated yeah. R. I mean. You know what I no, mean? No, it's not rated R. It's not PG. Uh, now it would be if they so. left the scene in it with his mom's head yes, getting that, cut yes, off. Yes, that would have been yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and there are multiple uh, scenes where the gremlins get decapitated. Yeah, but, you know, they don't really count that, you know, because they they're don't just, count because they're not yeah, humans. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, if the dog or the mom or anybody got, like, killed and shit and we saw it, then I could see maybe pushing it at this time to a rated R type of movie. Yeah. But that, if they it, ate the dog, that would be yeah. horrifying. Yeah. But That'd that but that is very interesting, like like you know, like you were saying, between this and that Indiana Jones movie, they made it PG thirteen, mm-hmm. which they actually came yep. up with the idea, which to me that actually makes a lot of sense because it's not PG in a way where it's so like censored you can bring little kids to it, but it's not rated mm-hmm. R where you gotta be like it can only be for adults only. So Right. So yeah, I like this movie. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it all the time, but I think it's it's cute and yeah. it's a good story. It's got a great cast. I mean, it has um, Hoy Daxon, um, Zach Galligan, um, <clears throat> Phoebe Cates, who I've always loved for some reason. Well, I mean, she's beautiful. But, I mean, like, since I was a little kid, like, I've always had a huge crush on Phoebe Cates. Um, this is actually the first. She it, Her uh, signing for this movie is actually controversial because um, I, as, as, like, you know, as good girl as she seems in this movie, like she was actually known for doing like parts with no, like lots of nudity in it, not lots, but some nudity. Like she, like she was known for doing nudity in um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and uh, the movie she did before that. I think it was called um, Prophecy. I can't okay. remember what's called. Anyway, but she, uh, but yeah, she was uh, she was kind of a controversial signing for this movie apparently. Um, but uh, but yeah, she's great. I mean, it's got a great cast. It's a great writer. Got a great director. Um, but yeah, love, love this movie. That's great. Yeah, it's definitely a fun one. So I'm glad we actually got to do it here on the Retro Blood Christmas edition, brother. What a way to bring yeah. in uh, the Christmas holiday season with some, some gremlins hiding up near your bed. But, um, but we're not done with this month yet, though. You know, this might be the uh, Christmas spectacular episode. But we're not done with the month of December yet, brother, because we have one more episode to do here on the Retro Blood because we are doing a special New Year's edition. Or, of course, we'll be dropping on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, next Sunday will be New Year's Eve. And we're dropping a hot new episode of the Retro Blood entitled Bloody New Year. Sounds great. Roy, can't wait. If it's anything like uh, New Year's Evil, brother, <laughs> it's going to be a, yeah, a banger. That was one. a great one, too. Yeah, that was a fun one. That, that was, was a great a, one, too, and this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. But everybody, from uh, for the Retro Blood over here, we wish you all a merry, great Merry Christmas. 
make it a make it a, a fun one from here from the retro blood but join us here tomorrow for the lights out where me and Allison will bring in on the Christmas day and we're going to be talking all about it's a wonderful knife boy that's going to be a little tough one you might hear uh, you might hear jolly old <laughs> jolly old Saint Gr- uh, Scrooge James Klein over here give uh, his uh, negative review about the movie so if y'all and I actually heard a lot of positive ones about it, but I'll give my take on it because uh, this is going to be uh, something. But I'd like to see. All right, I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll do that full review. So anybody who wants to listen to that, the lights out, we can do a little special Christmas episode on there. But Austin, what should we leave the audience with when it comes to some music here today? Man, Christmas you know, we didn't really have a lot of we didn't really have a lot of metal for this show. Um, and we've played Slayer a million times, so why don't we end playing the little uh, uh, Gizmo Gremlins theme? Oh, that's a good one. You know what I mean? It's a very yeah. like techno and shit. You know what I mean? Like very eighty synth synthesizers and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can get down. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Let's this is this is a great holiday season. I mean, we got Kate loving Christmas again. You know what I mean? Because she's yeah. finally gonna get Billy. All right, mm-hmm. we got the dad still selling his gimmicks that suck. All right, probably going to be going to poverty pretty soon. We don't have to worry about Mrs. D anymore. She got killed. So everybody can, like, sign off on their houses and pay their rent late now. It's a great Christmas, yeah. everybody. Great time. It's a great time to be here on the Retro Blood as well. But, Jay Austin, James Kahn, wishing you all a Merry Christmas. We'll see you here next week for the New Year's Eve edition of Retro Blood. Later, everybody. Merry Christmas, guys. See you later.